0: Welcome to the Financial Detox Podcast, a show that's dedicated to helping you retire with confidence. I'm your host, Jason Labrum, certified financial planner and founder of Labrum Wealth Management. For over 20 years, I've showed people how to steer clear of toxic advice, achieve financial peace of mind, and manage their wealth for maximum impact. And now I want to empower you to do the same. Join me and my co-host, Alex Klingensmith, every other week as we simplify the complex, share industry secrets, and provide proven strategies that will take you from financial
1: insecurity to financial independence. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Jason Labrum with your Financial Detox Podcast. And in studio with me is my co host, as always, Alex Klingensmith. What's up, Alex Klingensmith? It's good to be back. It is good to be back. A couple back. Of weeks off, huh? We had a couple of weeks off. You know, we were talked about on our last radio show, w- which has always been a radio show slash podcast. We talked about making it a podcast only hopefully creating more impactful information available on your terms our listener where man i've just been having a blast listening to podcasts lately and you know if i if i'm bored i can fast forward 30 seconds if it's not relevant i can skip it and go to something else and and i can search titles that i like so you know we've we've been a big fan of the podcasting environment and it's a place where you know we can get intimate and just talk about And I don't mean intimate between you and I, Alex. (laughs) Don't get any ideas. You've been sick. (laughs) (laughs) That's the reason why,
2: too. I mean intimate
1: (laughs) with you, our listeners, and talk about things that hopefully matter to you and make a difference and continue to spread the good word about what we're doing at Labor and Wealth Management, where the financial detox team uh, resides, and making a difference in people and their lives through impacting how they invest and avoiding behavioral blunders that destroy the returns of investors. And it's it's just crazy how little returns people actually get on their portfolios when they could be doing so much better. And there's, there's so many things to talk about in this space. So we're going to take this podcast. It's, it's posted to our website, financialdetox.com. You can get the podcast. Of course, you can get it anywhere. Uh, podcasts are played. And uh, we have a couple of great sponsors, too, who work with us on uh, making the show possible. And that is Mr. J.R. Phillips. J.R. Phillips is a real estate agent here in North County, San Diego. He's at uh, the J.R. Phillips Group. And uh, they just do a great job in helping represent people when they're selling or buying a home. J.R. R. is a straight shooter. And you know he, he's kind of a real estate agent who will actually tell you not to buy a house or not to sell your house when it's the right thing to do, even though he may, may may not get paid on that. And that's that's the kind of person you want to work with. JR Phillips is available at 866-883-6065, 866-883-6065. You can also get him at jr at the J.R. Phillips And typically when you're buying a, host, a home, you're looking for financing. And there's pretty much none better than our good pal, Mark Robertson over at Caliber Home Loans in Encinitas. Love the guy. He is fresh, he's got cool ideas, he's got lots of energy, and he's responsive and works works his butt off. So he fits in well with the team. We really appreciate him as a sponsor as well. And, and Mark, again, uh, Branch Manager, Caliber Home Loans in Encinitas, he can get you the right loan for you and your situation. 858-401-9353, that's 858-401-9353, Mark. Robertson at Caliber Home Loans, Caliber is C-A-L-I-B-E-R homeloans.com. Give them a call and uh, support those folks supporting us in this show, making it possible. Thank you so much. All right. So Alex, what's up, man? You've, well, been, you've been a little under the weather, but you're coming yeah, out.
2: Yeah, I I, we went camping last weekend, and I think it just wrecked me. Yeah, I got like at least two different kinds of illnesses after <laughs> just going. That's too why hard I, I quit camp. going on those camps. <laughs> I can't those keep
1: up. <laughs> trying I'm to trying better. to keep up with seven year old girls and five, <laughs> six, and seven year old girls. Just doesn't
2: work. My son came this time. It was a family one though, and oh, Grady loved it. He had such a good time. Oh, I'm it sure it was fun having him out there. But I'm oh. better today. I'm back. I'm good. ready to. Talk about taxes, just which is, in tax planning. Yeah, Holy cow! Just this in is
1: time like for- my, my my whole life is tax cuts and <laughs> jobs act
2: right now. Well, and this is the reason why I think we took the radio show, which was an hour long, right, uh, and down to a podcast. Is we got so much good feedback from listeners and clients and everybody saying, you know. Maybe you could be a little more focused on some specific things and then have it in a podcast form. So that's right. this This is on taxes, which is you're an expert now. Well, I, I don't know about expert. We're certainly not CPAs. We're not
1: attorneys. But we do a lot of tax planning at our firm, mm-hmm. the Lab- at Labrum Wealth Management and the Financial Detox Team. We do a lot of tax planning because it's an important part of wealth management. And since our firm is named Labrum Wealth Management, we thought... <laughs> uh, maybe we ought to do some wealth management, maybe a novel concept, but, yeah. um, so yeah, you know, tax planning becomes a bigger and bigger part of things, particularly as your situation changes and you get into those early retirement years, you have the looming RMDs required minimum distributions and the tax changes, you know, moved the needle on some different things, but it really comes down to kind of some age old data-based, time-tested tax planning strategies and thought processes that we're deploying for our clients through the financial planning and tax planning process. And it Like works. the tax map, right? Tax map is so cool. And so we'll offer that tax map right now if you're listening and you would like a tax map, which is an analysis of your tax situation based primarily starting off of your last year's tax return, where we look at exactly where you fell in the tax brackets and the net effect of tax rate that you paid and then we look at opportunities over looking at last year's data and looking at next year and the years going forward how can we minimize the taxes you pay and exercise your constitutional right to do so but also you know how does that fit into your overall financial plan that's our tax map it's a great easy way to get to know labor and wealth management and get to know the financial detox team and it's a great way for you to get some value and so i think we'll run the tax map for free yeah, Just, I mean, as a one-time, we're not going to continue to monitor and review it for you, and we're not going to go into great detail because it's a lot of time and work on our part, but we are going to give it out free. And I would say that's at least a $500 value to have that tax map well run for you. So we'll do that. It's awesome. awesome. How do they get it? Why don't you send an email, right, to Jason at FinancialDetox.com. Jason at com, and you can get your tax map. All it we is need cool. to have is your last year's tax return, which we'll send you a secure link so you can put your tax return in there and then it, you're not exposing and they yourself.
2: Can, yeah. Redact the social, redact any sensitive information, obviously, or it's cool. I mean, you just did an event last night on this, right? I did. One of, I mean, how many times have you done this, this presentation now? Like like seven or eight, <laughs> it seems
1: like going on 20. <laughs> Do you have dreams about TikTok? I had a dream. <laughs> I had a really cool dream last night. You know, it was interesting because uh, my dream last night was about my dad and his dad. So my dad and my grandpa and my grandpa passed like, like yours, yours recently, mine about 15 years ago. But It was cool because he was so live and real in that dream. I almost feel as if he appeared to me in the dream to show me just what a stud he was. And I kind of forgot. It's been 15 years and I forgot what a stud he was and how charismatic he was. And he was a great businessman. And I sometimes take for granted and don't think back to the benefits that I've had in my life with not only my dad's dad, but my dad being great human beings who pass down morals, integrity, character, and ethics and discipline and hard work. Those are traits that don't come easy. And, uh, you know, it's easy to take those for granted. It was a really cool dream. Sorry to get off on a tangent. No, that's okay. Was like, it was vivid, man. It's
2: much better than dreaming about tax jokes. Yes, yeah, so I did dream cuts. about taxes. <laughs> I dreamt
1: about my grandpa, which is pretty cool. So love cool. you, grandpa. Thanks for stopping by last night. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was awesome. But, yeah, so, you know, this this whole tax planning thing is, is the real deal. And um, it's cool to see people in a room because may, now maybe two or three hundred people we've talked to about this presentation style. And they are all, every person is kind of went, whoa. Yeah. Uh, there's been something alarming about it or that they grasp or learn
2: from it. Well, they see an opportunity to, to, well, what do we say? We say control the things you can control. And if you can reduce the amount of taxes you're paying, not just this year, but you know over the next five, 10 years by simply pulling levers that maybe you didn't know you should, Yep, that's what we can show you it how is. to do.
1: So tax planning strategies under the new Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Yep. There you go.
2: So we have listener questions here. And this is something, again, I think is going to be fun as we go forward. And we're going to turn this into a, a position or a place where people can call in,
1: right? We're working on it. and uh, Email for now. It's a bit of a new challenge, but I think we have a couple of ways to make it happen. And so, yeah, we want to, you know, we found that, man, the best part of giving advice and talking to people and helping them is when there's live interaction. Yeah, And it's almost like reality TV in a sense, because you get to see somebody else, you get to hear somebody else's problems and it may relate, it may not, their questions. And so, but most of the time it does, you know, hearing somebody else poise a question and then hearing us answer it, you get to kind of see us work live. And so we started with questions from our previous show, our our when our show was on the air with uh, AM760KFMP. Questions that people email in, and questions we've had from clients over the weeks and the days and the months, because we're dealing with clients every day. Even as the founder and president of the company, I'm I'm working with clients, and I love it. And I don't think I'll ever give up working with clients. Is and, and prospective clients is be of weird what I if do. you did. Yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't
2: imagine that world. Me so here's the first one. This Got is a, a gentleman by the name of Dan from Carlsbad. He is a recently retired executive who is 65, and he asked, "Should I be doing?" Roth IRA con, uh, conversions from my rollover IRA before I have to start taking RMD.
1: Yeah. Well, that's so awesome because we talked about, we talked about this in every event that
2: we've done. I think this, it was one of the, I think this guy came from one of those events. Cause this is a very specific okay. question probably, yeah, right? I
1: think he did. So, you know, there's a specific window of time where for some people you retire and you're not yet 72 or 70, excuse me, 70 and a half. So you're not in the required minimum distribution phase where you are forced to take money out, but yet you're retired, so your income dropped off. And that creates a phenomenal planning opportunity to start to extract money out of the IRAs, do it in a Roth conversion. So you're you're paying the tax, which you have to pay no matter what, when that money comes out of the IRA, but you put it into a Roth through the Roth conversion process And now you have that money in an environment and in an account that grows not only tax deferred, but even tax-free forever from that point going forward. So that's pretty special and pretty powerful. And this depends on your income level. What we see a lot is people's net effective tax rate that they're paying drops off those years right after retirement and then starts to pick up again later in years as they turn on social security, which comes in and is partially taxed, depending on your professional income. But it also depends on your IRA distributions and other things. But what we see is that the tax rate is typically low right after retirement for several years, but then starts climbing. And so we want to maximize what we do in those years right after retirement and levelize the net effective tax rate you're paying over your retirement, because the key being here for Dan is that we want to utilize all the lower tax brackets,
2: right? And he's got he's got five and a half years to do this, basically, and from awesome. now until sixty five until seventy and a half, right?
1: And is you know, it's and worth then,
2: paying some tax today so that you don't have to pay as much later, right, I guess. Right. as yet. and the tax map would be able to show him probably how much he's saving, not right?
1: probably, probably precisely. Precisely. Yeah, it would precisely be able to show. So that's our tax map system. And then better than that is then you just incorporate that whole tax map into the comprehensive financial plan. Yeah, and you see how it levels out over all the years and the total cash flow scenario. So yeah, I think it's a good idea, Dan. It does depend on any other income sources you have, maybe even real estate income, capital gains. All that affects right how much taxes you pay. The concept of doing Roth conversions, IRA to Roth conversions, particularly in low-income years, is a phenomenal planning strategy. And I just want to add one other thing on there, Alex, which you and I have talked about a lot, is when you think about a Roth, there's no required minimum distribution. So if you put money into a Roth, it's now growing tax-free, and you don't ever have to take the money out. So from an estate planning standpoint, it's such a great tool to pass money on to heirs because... If you have a human being as a beneficiary and it's a kid or a grandkid, they get that money. They can then take the money out over their life expectancy, which allows that account to maybe have 50, 60, 70 years of tax-free growth. It is probably one of the best wealth transfer tools, wealth creation and wealth transfer tools that's available to us today. And it's pretty simple and it's way underutilized. So. Yeah. Again, if you want to get the tax map and look at that and talk to us, feel free to give us a call at eight seven 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 zero seven eight 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 nine. That's eight seven 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 zero seven eight 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 nine. Here we go. That was fun. Listener question number one. We got another one.
2: Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Steve and Kathy. Okay. They are sixty two and sixty five years of age from San Marcos, and they're between one and two years from retiring from their jobs. It's probably going to go at the same time. They both. We both have four hundred one k's. They say some money in an in an investment account, some small small Roth IRAs, and some savings in the bank. When we do retire in a year from two from now, or two from now, where should we take income from first?
1: Yeah, good question. So, one of the things we highlighted, and somebody asked a question on last night too, was similar to this question is, you know, where do I take the money from? And we talked about not only tax sensitive asset location, where you put the money, but your withdrawal strategy will have a profound impact on how much tax you pay over your life and thus then how much money you have to live on. So it's a really, really great question. It depends on a lot of variables, right? It depends on how much income sources you have. Like, do you have a pension? Do you have other income sources? How much money are you making right now? Or are they asking, let me see here. Are they asking
2: when when they're retired? Yeah, when they retire. In about, they have one or two more years. They're 62 and 65 and they're both planning on retiring. So that be, that means they, they're going to retire at 67 and 64, let's say. They've got different account types. they got the 401ks, the after-tax investment account, the Roth, and the bank.
1: There's a conventional wisdom here. And the conventional wisdom is you would take money out of your trust account or your investment accounts first, while the other stuff continues to grow tax-deferred and tax-free. And I, I don't buy into that conventional wisdom as much as I think a lot of people do, and they do it blindly because it depends on too many factors. It depends on if you're taking social security. It depends on what tax bracket you're in. Like we just talked about with the previous question from from Dan is if you're in a low tax bracket or net effective tax rate, those are two different things we can talk about in a minute if we want to to elaborate. Let's talk on. about it now. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the big thing. Yeah, there, so right? tax bracket versus tax rate there are multiple tax brackets. We got the 12% tax bracket or the 10% tax bracket, the the 15%, the 20, the 20, on up to 37% tax bracket. That isn't how much, when you hit that bracket, that isn't how much you pay in tax total. That's how much you pay on your last dollar of income. That's what tax bracket you reach to. So everybody pays the same amount of tax on their first $17,000 or so. And I'm not, these aren't specific numbers, but everybody pays the same tax from 17,000 to 42,000 everybody pays the same tax rate from from 42 to so on and so forth and when you blend those tax brackets together that is where you get your net effective tax rate so a lot of times people say if i get this extra income it's going to throw me into the next tax bracket and it's not nothing throws you into the next tax bracket your last dollars earned hit what tax bracket you know, so, the, so it's not as bad as we think it, it is,
2: and it still isn't fun to have your your effective tax rate go up unnecessarily. though. Correct. Right.
1: And so, your net effective tax rate is of all the income you've earned, of all the tax you paid, what percentage was the tax you paid? Mm-hmm. And that's a combination of all the blended tax brackets your money, fe- your income fell into.
2: So, so maybe for Steve and Kathy, if if uh, if Steve's going to be sixty-seven, and maybe it's appropriate time to file for Social Security, and maybe she waits. Maybe they do start pulling from the IRAs first. Well, the 401ks would then roll to IRAs, I right. probably are, I would imagine. Yep. And then maybe wait on the investment account, the trust account, right?
1: Yeah, I would love to. See, this is why I think the concept of live questions is great, because I would ask Steve, so, I'd ask Steve and Kathy a couple more questions.
2: You know, mm. like, yeah.
1: Uh, have you thought about when you're going to take Social Security? Do you have a pension? Do you have other right. sources of income? Do you have real estate rental income? Because all that would factor into this but look, generally speaking, you want to utilize the lower tax brackets, right? If your net effective tax rate is 5% or 6 or 7 or 8 you should probably be taking some money at least out from your IRAs. That makes sense. But also kind of contrarian to that is that you would want to let your tax deferred and your tax-free assets grow while you take down the other assets, your taxable accounts first. So it's a kind of a combination of those, but that's where the tax map. Not to try and sell our services, but that's where the tax map and the financial planning process comes in handy. So I would work with a financial advisor, if you don't have one, who's a fiduciary, who will act in your best interest under the full disclosure model and, and run this kind of analysis. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Good. Here's Jason, another. is this a question for myself? This is
2: Jason. He's almost the same age as you. <laughs> <laughs> age 44 from San Diego, works for a large engineering company. He asked, my company just did the annual 401k education meeting, and they announced that we now have a Roth 401k option to save money into. Good. Uh, How much should I contribute to the Roth and to the traditional?
1: Yeah, so this plays into the big tax planning, overall tax planning, right? Is What you do today, for all the younger folks listening, it is going to impact what happens later, and you probably have the option to save in a Roth 401k. And So let's just go through how that works real quick. In a traditional 401k, it works just like an IRA where the money you save into that traditional IRA or that traditional 401k goes in tax-deferred. So you don't pay tax on the money you put in today. It grows tax-deferred year over year over year. You don't have uh, 1099s. You don't have to pay tax on the dividends and the interest and the long-term capital gains and all. It stays in the account, continues to grow tax-deferred. Then when you take the money out, you now have to pay tax at ordinary income tax rates because that money's never been taxed. So that's how a traditional 401k slash IRA work, tax-deferred money. And and a specific example would be simplified. You make $1,000, you save $100 into your 401k. You're only going to pay tax on $900 even though you made $1,000 because you saved some into a tax-deferred account. Now, Conversely, you have a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA. That is where you save money after you've paid tax. It's an after-tax savings account. But instead of it growing tax-deferred, where later and eventually you have to pay tax when you take it out, it grows tax-free. So all the growth that happens in that account over however many years comes out tax-free. So the advantage to the traditional 401k and and IRA is that you get the tax deduction today. If you're a high income earner, you're in a high tax bracket and you're paying high net effective tax rates, that may make sense. But also the younger you are and the more money you're going to make later in life and the wealthier you'll be. If you'll be wealthier later in your life, you may want to really think about the Roth 401k, at least in part, because the fact that you're paying the tax today is almost a way to force additional savings. You're saving money for the future by paying your tax today. So it's really like rounding up your savings so you can get more money in there. And plus, when you get to retirement that Tax-free money will be amazing.
2: The so best kind of money. Well, it, well, I guess free money is the best kind of money. And yeah, then the free, second best is tax tax-free. Free.
1: <laughs> but so and, and so so for this, the Jason, concept. what do you think? For Jason,
2: I think the concept may be for you, uh,
1: if you're at a large engineering firm and you're an engineer, uh, you didn't mention what he did here, but probably makes a pretty decent income. I would think about splitting them. And I've done that a lot. And most of my career here. I've been splitting my contributions between the Roth and the traditional because I want some tax deduction today, but I also love the concept of having tax-free money later. And if I have the two buckets of money, so to speak, I can then take withdrawals from each of them. And since only half of it will be taxable, I'll be in a lower tax bracket and pay a lower net effective tax rate. You got to be careful with
2: buckets thing, man. All, I know. <laughs>
1: uh, throughout <laughs> all of retirement, right? So by having the combination can be really good. And the contribution limits to the 401k plans, it's a total contribution limit of 18500 if you're under 50, 24500 if you're over, but it can be split up any way. You can put half of that money into the traditional 401k, half of the money into the Roth. The other thing to note is that there are no income limitations Inside a 401k on a Roth contribution where a Roth IRA outside of a company-sponsored 401k plan does have an income limitation where I think jointly, if you make over 165, you cannot contribute to a Roth IRA. But that is not an issue inside the 401k. So, yes, Jason, in this case, should be contributing to that. And maybe 50-50 to start 50/50 out with 50/50. and see how it affects
2: his paycheck cash flow and then increase it more, exactly. to, more to Roth.
1: And, and, and look, bottom line is if you can afford it, it would be better to do a
2: Roth. Yeah. Because all, all the matching. So if the company, he didn't say here in his question, but if that engineering company is doing any matching on it that goes to the the, the pre-tax bucket the traditional
1: right? 401k yeah the yeah. pre-tax bucket so you end up with two buckets anyway so look if you can afford it the best thing to do is the Roth um, and well, you know I did the analysis Alex you heard me go through this where I said hey maybe it's better to do the traditional because if you take the money you saved on taxes and you invest that in an outside account and let that grow in the end you'll actually even have more money but the question is Will you actually take every dollar that you saved on taxes and put it in an account and never touch it and grow it? And for the answer to that is most people, it's n- hell no.
2: It's they, everybody they will not know. do that. So, no, but there's no way. Yeah.
1: So I mean, so yeah, use the tr- use the Roth 401k, especially if you're 40 in the 40s, in your 40s or 50s and you have a long
2: time horizon. And if yeah. you don't know good what question. we're talking about on this one too, if you don't have a Roth uh, 401k option as part of your plan, then you should call us and we can talk to your HR folks to get it right. b- and, you know, good, and put in point. there. It's not hard to do and it should already be in there.
1: If you don't have a Roth option, your 401k plan is not being well managed and you need to complain to your company owners. Not complain, or, but maybe yeah, su- you need to, suggest. Yeah, you need to make some noise. Make a <laughs> suggestion. Yeah, not complain. Make La-
2: a suggestion. Last question here that we had from uh, um, one of the listeners from previous shows. So, we have Dorothy, who's 67. She lives in Claremont. She's retired. She's considering taking a part-time job. And she asked, how do I know how much of my Social Security will be taxed if she takes this job?
1: Mm. So, your Social Security is taxed like this. It's called your provisional income. And your Social Security is taxed. I'm I'm pulling this right out of the memory bank, so I hope I nail it, but I'm pretty sure I will. Uh, Here we go. So, it's 50% of your Social Security is added to your provisional income all of your ordinary income, all of your capital gains, and all of your passive net like rental income. So all of your income sources and 50% of your social security goes into your provisional income bucket. Then there's thresholds, whether you're single or or married, and it's 32,000 if you're joint and 44,000 are the thresholds. And so... There's a calculation that's done to determine how much of your social security is going to be taxed. And it's totally dependent upon how much income you have. That's the weird thing about tax laws is we all look at the tax brackets and we think that's the tax brackets, but there's, there's not, there's actually sub
2: layers, right?
1: Layers to that where you could end up paying more tax with the amount of income you have than the tax bracket actually allocates because how your income comes together affects how much tax you pay on social security, how much tax you pay on long-term capital gains, how much tax you pay on Medicare. All that affects, all your income affects it. It's all like different. There's an 85% is the best way to do it. Isn't
2: there an 80, and then there's an 85% taxation on provision, on social security. If, if you hit another threshold or something.
1: Yep. So you got 50%, you got 85%. And so you have to run the calculation and figure out where it is. But look, the part-time job is probably well, look, income will outweigh the tax you pay no matter what, right? So if I earn a dollar and even if I had to pay 40 cents of it in tax, I still end up with 60 cents extra. And here's where I think so a lot of confusion jobs. lies. People hear the... <laughs> yeah.
2: I think a lot of people, when they see that 85%, like 50 versus 85, they think if I earn a dollar, I only get to keep 15 cents. You think they believe that? I think that I've, I actually know that a few times people have said, well, I don't want to, I'm not going to do that if they're going to take 85%. And I said, well, that's not what it's, that's not what's going on there exactly. But so what is going on? 85% of the social security amount is being taxed and added to their whatever
1: tax bracket they hit. Right. So yeah, you're not going to pay 85% tax on social security. You're going to pay. 85% Eighty-five percent of your social security will be taxed at your whatever tax rate you
2: land on. What's the, I mean? So for Dorothy, I mean, we don't know what her social security income is that she's already retired and taking, and she, we don't know if she has pensions. But and yeah, she's let's taking she money a, out of an IRA. Or yeah, let's what's the worst effective tax rate you think she might encounter? Worst case scenario, if she gets this, if she takes this part time job.
1: Oh, I mean, I could go to the extreme assuming she's you know, has 35,000 of social security income. She's got a pension for, but she probably wouldn't have both of those. She might, but uh, if she's got a pension, if she's pulling, you know, an R- she's 67, so she's not an RMDs. I mean, that's tough. That's a tough question to answer. Maybe
2: I mean, a 20 or 30% effective tax rate.
1: Probably that would, 30 would be the highest. highest. I mean, the worst case you'd pay 30% of your tax on social security and your income. I mean, 30% net effective tax rate is high. Really high. That means so that she you, should get the part-time a job and not worry about a bunch it. <laughs> of money in the thirty-seven percent tax bracket. Now we're yeah. talking only federal, though, right, Alex? Oh, if yeah. You throw in state tax, oh dear, especially in California. Now you're talking up to another thirteen point three percent in state tax. If you have net investment income, that's another three point eight percent tax that can get l- thrown at you. So. Yeah, when you add all those up, you can be uh, all over the 50%. She's
2: number. still going to get to keep more than she's paying in tax. On you're going to get to up, keep though. more
1: than you're paying in tax. So it's it's like people talk about two deductions, like, oh, I'm going to buy this so I get a deduction. My, I've heard so many times. And it's basically a way to say, hey, I made a lot of money. All right, great. Good for you. But like, oh, my CPA said I needed to go buy a new car because I made too much money this year. Right? You know, and, it, and so I need the tax deduction, which is such bull crap because- if you go buy a car for $100,000 and you get a tax deduction on that 100000 or you get to depreciate it, you still are out money, right? <laughs> you, you
2: still do, spend $100,000 to, to keep 40 of it yeah, or something. you
1: spend a hundred to get 40 back. You're still 60 short.
2: Mm-hmm. You get the car, <laughs> I guess, but...
1: Yeah, you get a car. So if you absolutely needed one, it makes sense. But to go trade in your perfectly functioning 2016 for a 2018 because... You heard you needed a tax break is not good tax advice right. in most situations,
2: <laughs> unless so you need the car. Right. So that's all the questions we had for, for this, this particular podcast, but yeah, I think it helps people understand kind of the types of questions around this topic that we went over today, the tax planning strategies, given the new changes. You know, 2017 and 2018 are going to be a lot different for everybody. Um, worth paying attention to everything again, and kind of revisiting your income strategy if you are taking income. Uh, yep. And if you're not, I mean, you still want to take a look at it, especially if you're, well, period, just period.
1: Yeah, you Anybody. do. Because I mean, the tax planning strategies start when you start saving money and or making yeah. money, right? Right. When you're saving or making money, you can be doing things from a tax planning perspective. One of the, we do a lot uh, for higher income earners, particularly if you're a contracted person and you're a self-employed, you man, define benefit plans and cash balance, profit sharing plans even if you own a company or you're part of a company and you have some influence over the company, creating profit sharing plans can be a great way to save. Looking at the Roth 401k can be a great way to save. Thinking about you know your long-term capital gains is a big thing when it comes to taxes. How you manage your money is a big deal. So many people neglect to think about which assets, which securities, which investments are going into which accounts. And that alone can have You know, a couple studies have shown half a percent to maybe 0.8% a year net better return for you by putting your tax-efficient assets in your after-tax trust investment accounts, your inefficient assets in your tax-inefficient assets into your IRA, your most growth-oriented assets into your Roth. That's called what we call tax-sensitive asset location. That alone can have a profound effect on your overall net after tax return. So there are always things to be doing. And, you know, that's the topic of this show is, you know, not only the tax planning strategies, but particularly under the new Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. This is Financial Detox with Jason Labrum and Alex Smith, And, you know, the objective of this show, again, is just to, to get you some concrete, quick, fast, good information to help you make better investment decisions, hopefully uh, keep you entertained and educated while we do it along the way we'll take it in questions. So if you have a question that you want answered mm-hmm. on our podcast, we want to hear from you. You can either call that uh, question in or you can email it in. If you want to call it, it's 877-707-8889. Once again, that's 877-707-8889. If it's easier for you to just email your question, we'll read it live right here on our podcast. And that's jason at com. That's jason at financialdetox.com we'll get your question. We'll either, uh, say your name and where you're from, or we'll keep you anonymous, but we'd love to get your question, So shoot them over. Let us answer it for you. If you want help, if you want to take our offer today on the free tax map, you got it. It's yours free tax map. So we're going to create show notes and in the show notes will be links to anything that we talk to. And it'll be a link to uh, get connected with us to uh, get that tax map. And, uh, with, with that, we, we hit our 30 minute Mark and, uh, We'll let you go have a great rest of the day, but thanks for listening. As always, it's the Financial Detox Team at Labor and Wealth Management. We'll catch you on our next podcast, which will be two weeks from now. All right. Cheers. Have a great day.
0: Thank you for listening. To learn more about the Financial Detox podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and resources mentioned, visit financialdetox.com. And if you liked what you heard, be sure to hit that subscribe button. That way, you'll automatically get notified about upcoming podcasts. Thanks again for being part of our community and for taking one more step towards financial independence.
3: The content of this podcast is provided for informational purposes only. It should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any types of securities. Mr. Labram and Labrum Wealth Management are not responsible for the consequences of any decisions or actions taken as a result of information provided in this podcast and do not warrant or guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information provided. The information discussed today reflects the views of Mr. Labram and his guests as of the date of this show and are subject to change without notice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Any forward-looking statements or forecasts are based on assumptions and actual results may vary from any such statements or forecasts. No reliance should be placed on any statements or forecasts when making an investment decision. Accordingly,